district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash off is the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We are back in the GOAT District live via the Player Profiler Network. Week 12, we got a special episode tonight. I'm with my man, Dan, the overhyped sleeper, no E on the end. I'm JD at GOAT District. We are pumped for tonight's show. We got 60 minutes ahead. We're going to focus on, Dan, the quarterback apocalypse, as you call it. And I love that name. Why don't you, why don't you tell the, the audience a bit? what that means and, and what's, what tonight's show is going to be about. Yeah, so it's it's not only just, you know, the bad performance of the quarterbacks, but how that performance is dragging down so many other offensive skill players. And, you know, it's just, it, there's injuries, there's ineptitude, and it's just, it, it seems to me a lot worse this year than in past years. And I've been doing this for a long time. So uh, we're going we're gonna to dive right into this. And we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about you know exactly what's happening with each team and you know how you can use it to your best advantage in fantasy. Dan, you forgot to remind me to turn my uh, my heater off. And oh. for those who don't know, who are new to the channel, welcome, uh, new to the show. But Dan's got uh, Dan's a little under the weather. He's toughening this out right now with a bit of a sore throat. So excuse the the level maybe with dan but the the knowledge and the goodness he brings will definitely overpower that and uh i just had to get rid of that back background noise just to make it a little clear for you guys but uh 1912 we see you in the chat guys drop your comments questions smash the like button we appreciate you guys hanging with us tonight big week this week happy thanksgiving to all of you south of the border dan always a, a big week even for me up here i get to you know watch football on thursday uh, and, uh, you know, you, we even have a Friday one this week, which is uh, uber exciting. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I mean, you know, the Thanksgiving Day games are always such a treat. And, uh, you know, you got all day football basically on Thursday, you know, now a game on Friday, then all day football again on Sunday. It's just a great weekend. And, you know, it's right as the, you know, we're kind of getting ready for the fantasy playoffs. So, you know, your, your teams are moving into position and you get to see so many more games from start to finish. So, and like, what's, give me a quick idea. Dan, for those that don't know, Dan, Dan used to, Dan's a kitchen man. He's a, he's a cook. So, and when he puts a, a spread out, I mean, it's a legit spread. Like it's, you know, pictures on, on the X machine, the whole deal. So what, what's the plan this year, Dan? Is the fam, family coming over or are you on the road? Yeah, family's coming over. Uh, we are traditionally the Thanksgiving hosts. Uh, very happy to not be 
at the restaurant where I, I turned from a manager into a baker during the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we always put out about uh, 1,200 to 1,400 pies um, during the, the two-day two Thanksgiving holiday, Wednesday and Thursday, and all of them fresh handmade pies. It's, it's, it's amazing, but man, oh man, it's exhausting too. What's the biggest seller, apple or pumpkin? Uh, pumpkin, definitely the biggest seller. Uh, apple and French silk would be the ones right behind that. So, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, now so, you're talking the language. Yeah, I've got my uh, I got my turkey uh, brining right now, and uh, <laughs> you know tomorrow it'll it'll come out of the brine, and we'll get it all fixed up, and uh, it'll be going into the oven Thursday morning. Uh, you know, sweet potatoes and stuffing and mashed potatoes, gravy, green beans, all that good stuff. Nice. Nice. Well, look, happy, like I said, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, I know everyone's got plans and you guys are going to hang out with family on, on Thursday. And of course, of course, enjoy the football. So let's get into the football. Dan, the quarterback position is on the field, as in fantasy, a very important position, right? And it's always the big question, especially this year, that the quarterbacks, and we called this what I... I'm trying to remember what, if it was July-ish or more like January, February-ish when we started talking about 2023 drafts and where we thought like the height that some of these quarterbacks could get with regards to them hitting the second round, third round. And we saw it, right? We saw the Mahomes, the Hurts, and the Allens go in those top three rounds pretty regularly um, throughout the offseason. So I guess macro level... 11 weeks in the books now. What's your overall assessment of the QB position? Has it been the apocalypse, as the title says? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think if you drafted one of those early quarterbacks, you're probably pretty happy right now because those early guys have by and large stayed out of, uh, you know, this whole injury business. So, um, you know, you're, you're not sitting there playing the injury roulette like a lot of teams are playing. Uh, you know, you've got a, a, you know, Hertz that you can throw in there or Josh Allen or, you know, Patrick Mahomes or whoever. And you can throw them in there every week except their bye week. So there's really only one week you've got to worry about. And that that is a really nice feeling, especially with how many busts there were in those rounds in the other player positions. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a strategy that's going to continue. Uh, but it's it's going to it. it it's also going to make it a little bit interesting as far as like next year, uh, you know, where some of those lower quarterbacks go. You know, are people going to be quite as quick to grab them or are they going to push them down even a little bit more because they don't feel as secure with them? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at uh, the main that you and I drafted in Vegas in September. We got Herbert as the QB five in the fourth round. And then you had Mahomes, Hertz. Jackson and Allen all go in the round, the third round um, ahead. I mean, like you said, you draft any of those top guys, you're pretty happy with it. Mahomes is probably the the lowest producing guy right now. If I'm looking at um, this year's so far, you still have Hertz, Lamar at the top. Herbert sneaks in ahead of um, of Mahomes, and you've got uh, Dan. Guess who number five is based on the. the the league I'm looking at here, which is a super flex league. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Howell. Why do I even ask? Of course you're going to get it. Why do I, why do I try to build it up? 
Yeah, man. Sam Howell, dude, number five right now ahead of Dak Prescott. I know Prescott's, you know, picking up uh, as is Dallas's offense, but Sam Howell, I mean, talk about a nice pickup. And and this is what makes you contemplate. Do I want to take a guy in the first three or four rounds or do I wait till round 15, Dan, which is where he went in this draft um, to get a guy who has that kind of upside and is not necessarily costing yeah, I mean, you got to think about it like this, though. It's like, you, you know, you can you can get into this, you know, I don't know if anybody ever plays pull tabs, but you can get into this one thing where there's just a few pull tabs left in there and all the big prizes are still left, and that's drafting that early-round quarterback. Or you can go into the other box, and there's, you know, the box is almost full, and all the prizes are there, but your odds of getting one of those prizes is not nearly as good. And that's the, you know... Yeah, you hit on that late round quarterback for sure. Um, you know you're way ahead of the field, but if you hit on that late round quarterback and you also drafted a player where you know somebody else drafted uh, Josh Allen, say, and you drafted uh, you know Calvin Ridley or somebody who's busted even worse than that, are you really that much ahead? Mike you know? Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams. You know, so you know it's it's all kind of relative. You know, you have to hit on that that second, third, fourth round choice, wherever you would have taken that premium quarterback and you have to hit on that lottery ticket quarterback. So, and, uh, and often you, and often if you are waiting for those later guys, you, in a lot of cases, you end up taking three just cause you're not really confident in like Howell Baker and, you know, Kenny Pickett or whatever it is, Bryce young, um, right. you know, or, 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 you know, maybe you get lucky with a guy like Stroud or Howell, and then you drop that, you know, one of those, those three guys, but it does affect the rest of your roster and the rest of your build. So are you still, is your approach going to be similar, you think, going into this year with the position? You still see the advantage of grabbing one of these guys early, having that set and forget, um, and then kind of approaching the rest of your roster. I know we kind of mix our builds, you know, because we don't want all our teams to look the same. But just, you know, if you're going in general approach, what's what do you think changes at quarterback versus what you did this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to stick pretty close to what I did this year because it is working out for me. Most of my teams that are going to be moving on in, in playoffs are teams that have the high-quality starter. Yeah. Um, you know, and oh, true. That, you know, when you look at that, it, it, it makes a decision pretty easy. Uh, you know, as, as long as we don't start pushing quarterbacks into, like, the first and second round rather than the late second, early third, something like that, uh, you know, that – then I might rethink my strategy. So we have Herbert in our one nine and two. The other nine and two team we have uh, that we share with Andrew and Theo, you, myself, and Theo drafted live in Vegas. We have Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. nine and two. So again, you, you know, you see that kind of pattern. As I go through the teams that are with those winning records right now on the FFPC, especially, most of them have you know, that stud again, Jalen Hurts is, you know, my best uh, FPC that I own, that I drafted uh, individually. So I think similar to you, I'm not going to change much with like, I'll mix it up to have the different builds and have access to those, you know, Sam Howells and the guys that you want to hit, but you can still get those guys late, even if you take one of these first guys, and then you, you know, you kind of set it and forget it at a quarterback position, just ride those two guys out unless it's like Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins or something like like with our AR teams uh, of this year. Yes, indeed. So if we look at those top guys, is there like who, who, who worries you the most is Burrow the the guy you're worried about the most in those first, like if we're looking at those top six guys, maybe 
um, when you're looking at Burrow, Mahomes, Hertz, Herbert, Allen, and Lamar, and then put the put the injury aside. Who do you like the most out of those guys right now? Uh, for next year, I mean, it's it's hard to say because of course a lot is going to happen in free agency in the draft. Uh, Mahomes is still my default number one as long as you get some receivers that can actually haul in a catch. <coughs> Excuse me, and you know. Josh Allen is right up there. Uh, Jalen Hurts is right up there. I mean, those are those are basically my top three. It's hard to get me off of those guys, um, you know. But not far below them is Lamar Jackson, uh, Herbert, Burrow. You know, the the injuries are a little bit more more worrisome now because it's um, you know it's been in two or four seasons that he's he's been hurt. So uh, you do worry about it a little bit. But you know, Matthew Stafford had those kind of problems early, and then. He went on a long, long streak of not being injured at all. Does Jalen Hurts seem 100% to you? No, he doesn't seem 100%, but he seems like he's managing it pretty well. Um, you know, he's still running when he needs to. Uh, you know, I don't think he's quite as elusive as normal, but, uh, you know, he's he, he, he reads the field well enough that uh, he can still make it happen with his legs. Uh, you know, so he's running a little bit less often, but you know, I think he's still doing well enough. And and you know, of course, the tush push has added so many touchdowns to his total that you know, yeah, it, it, it makes up for any any less running that he actually does. You know, as long as he gets carried across the goal line a few times. Dak Prescott, uh, we, you know, since week six, he's been the QB one, QB three, QB two, QB one. Where does he fit for you? Is he after this group that we talk about, you think, in redraft going into next year or even right now for kind of rest of the season? Yeah, I think he's kind of a, you know, probably a step below, you know. Um, but he's he's a, a very, very solid quarterback, uh, you know, one that you're going to be happy to get. Um, Kyler, as, as Nick put in there, probably also going to fit into that next year. You know, and, uh, Stroud is definitely going to fit probably somewhere around the, you know, He's probably going to fit around uh, like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. What do you think, JD? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just looking at the list. Like, I, I guess I would probably put Stroud ahead of Lawrence right now. Yep. But, but it's but they're all kind of in that same tier with Tua. Um, I probably put Dak in there, and then those other guys would be a tier above that group. Okay. And then you go into the you know like Russ Wilson, uh, Goff, like you know. Powell, the the uglies. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But I I do kind of think that Stroud is probably going to be aggressively drafted next year. People are going to be betting on the come on with him. Over and you think over over drafting? Yeah, I think uh, I I think he's going to be drafted drafted within the top six quarterbacks. Okay. You know, Josh Josh pointing out uh, Howell's playoff schedule is is brutal so yeah i mean this time of year rest of season you're basically looking at this it's easier right to look at the schedule and stuff i'm not as hung up on the schedule when you're drafting like in august and july <laughs> you know we don't really know much about defenses and stuff i feel like uh, but now is definitely the time to start paying attention to that i see some trade questions uh josh we will definitely get to that let's um actually go to a word from our sponsor dan we got into it and it kind of get got away from us there but uh we got to go to a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back after this. Ooh. 
This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. And we are back. We're talking quarterback apocalypse. I mean, let's keep it macro for one more question, Dan. Is this the worst season in years, you think, at quarterback? And I, I did I did a bit of research uh, looking, you know, just comparing it to, to last year. What are your thoughts, um, you know, if you're comparing it to previous years? Yeah, I, I haven't done any specific research on it, so I'll be interested to hear what you have to say on it. But, you know, just from, uh, you know, my, my poor failing memory, uh, it <laughs> definitely seems like one of the worst years we've seen in quite some time. I mean, you know, I can... I can name basically half the league that has had struggles at some point at quarterback this year for one reason or another. What uh, what did you come up with as far as uh, your thoughts on that, JD? So, Dan, you know I like to keep things simple. Um, what I did is I basically, in MFL, you can kind of um, pull up the top performers at a position and then do it by week and then, you know, by year. So what I did is I started looking at 200 point and up quarterbacks fantasy wise so far. So we've got uh, two, four, five so far this year. And then if you go to last year, we had six. The biggest difference that I found, actually, if you go back to 2021, there was two, four, six, eight um, over 200. So you had a way better year in 2021. I looked at kind of 180 plus between the 180 and 200. You've got two in 2021. You've got in 2022. This is where I found the, a pretty big difference. In 2022, there was only one. And then if you look at this year, and that's from, so Geno Smith in seventh. And then if you look at uh, previous year, you've got two, four, six, eight, or sorry, seven quarterbacks going down to 11th at Tua who were scoring 180 and more, or more. Wow. Um, so, you know, if you look at it that way, you've got, we're actually doing better than last year, but as you could see, 2021, we had a better season than both. So it, it, I think it just depends on the season, right? I don't really know that, that there's a trend going in any one direction. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that that's kind of, you know, that's true at the top. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's been that much difference at the top. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, more at the bottom. Yeah. You know where the where the difference is. Where you you know there's a lot of churn. Uh, you know there's guys who are falling short of 200 because they got injured. 
you know, and just lots of different reasons. So I think it's more the churn at the bottom and what, you know, how those, those offenses are being held back by the quarterback. You know, they're hard, having a harder time sustaining drives. And so it's costing their skill players points. So, you know, the wide receivers, running backs, just aren't getting as many opportunities to, to earn points as normal. And maybe more significant injuries at the quarterback position, right? This year, yeah. if you think about guys who were getting those points and, you know, whether it's uh, Rodgers would probably be in those, you know, in those the top whatever 15 or even if you go top 20. Um, and then you've got guys like Cousins that are out, Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, I think injuries definitely play a factor. We'll get into specifics and, and look at those specific injuries. But, um, again, I don't know that we're going towards a specific trend is, is kind of what I'm saying when we're comparing the, the, the seasons. Yep. So let's look at specific situations. I mean, obviously the Jets now, um, Rodgers has, you know, whether he's talking about coming back or not, I don't see the point really at this at this point where the team is necessarily if they're going to make playoffs, all that kind of thing. But putting Rodgers aside, Zach Wilson was, you know, didn't, didn't necessarily overperform uh, over our expectations, right, Dan, uh, overall in, in fantasy. And I would say he's probably done in New York. You've got uh, Boyle now coming in in New York. I was on with Balky earlier on the high stakes fantasy show, and we were talking about uh, Boyle. The problem for me is he's not necessarily going to elevate the guys around him. He's similar to Wilson in the sense that, you know, it's, it either stays flat or you're going to see a decrease especially probably when you're looking at a guy like Garrett Wilson, maybe he leans on a guy like Conklin again, you know, taking the easy route and thinking like a new quarter quarterback will often lean on the tight end. So maybe that's a play, but how do you see this New York quarterback situation? Dan, do we see Rogers this year? What do you, what do you think? It's kind of a mess now with um, it sucks because they have pieces, they have a good team. You know, but right. they're really missing that that quarterback position. And if Rodgers come back, do we just kind of reset next year? Yeah. So you know, I I guess the main thing is there that uh, number one, you know, hope is not a strategy. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that's that's a lesson that uh, Robert Sala needs to learn. And also, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And uh, you know, that's that, that's basically what's going on in New York. You know, they're going to do, do you think it's a matter of them not being aggressive enough, Dan, to go out and get? Yeah, I mean, yep. the Vikings went out and got Josh Dobbs. What was stopping the the Jets from doing that? They have a playoff loaded roster ready to go. They just need a quarterback to run it. Now they're they've they've been trying to you know kid themselves that Zach Wilson is going to somehow magically turn it on. Uh, I think they'd already seen enough to know that it wasn't going to happen. Uh, you know, but I understand they have a little bit more invested in him than I do, so. You know, I, I, I get that they wanted to be absolutely sure, but I'm not sure if this was the the time and place to become absolutely sure about Zach Wilson. I think you want to, um, you know, you, they're going to be playing hide the quarterback basically for the rest of the year. And, you know, that's just what they're going to be stuck doing because they didn't go out and get a guy who could competently run an offense. And so it's going to be a tough year there the rest of the year. Um any other thoughts on that, or should we move on to another? Well, what are your thoughts? Nick is pointing out there's a lot of smoke right now with them going out to get Adams this offseason. I don't know that Vegas is necessarily ready to just give him up, but do you think that that's kind of the play if they're looking to 2024 with Rodgers coming back? Do you think they make a move for him, and what does it cost them? Yeah, I mean, they might. Uh, you know, it sounds like they're definitely interested, but, you know, it takes two to tango, so who knows if the Raiders will let him go. 
Uh, I assume if they offer enough and if Rogers begs them hard enough, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be in a even more desperation mode next year than they are this year. Uh, because they, they already squandered one of their, uh, playoff window years with Rogers. Um, you know, by not having a, a real answer at backup quarterback, you know, which with Rodgers, you hope you don't need. But again, you know, hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Write that down. Put it on a T-shirt. Dan, Kyler Murray was hoping to come back this season. He makes it back for week 10. And I mean, came out of the gate pretty good. QB 13 against Atlanta, put up 22.7 uh, against Houston last week. So he's kind of... You know, maybe he comes back healthy. He's got that extra that extra jump. Where do you think? Where does he fit for you? Like, do you, do you, do you like him rest of the season? Is he just plug and play? Is he back to where you know Kyler was when we Kyler was in favor? Do you like what you're seeing, or is this you know he's back? Maybe he's a, it's a sell opportunity uh, if you're you want to get off of Kyler, whether it's the injuries or where you think the franchise is going in the Cardinals. Yeah, so I think it's uh, you know. Kyler, I'm cautiously optimistic on. Uh, you know, he seems a lot more bought in than he was under Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Uh, with the new regime, and that's a that's a great thing. Uh, you know, he's got to learn to you know fully trust uh, his knee and everything. And it you know looks to me like the way he's running around on the field that he is pretty close to that point, if not there already, which is good. So you know, I think that makes the the Cardinal skill players. A little bit more of a buy the rest of the way uh, because as Kyler kind of shakes off the rust I think that offense is just going to continue to get better yeah 84 yards rushing his first two games back so you know he's he's back and let you, you could tell man you could tell just the eye test he's got that extra pep in his step and like like you said I think that's the big one is he you, he seems to have bought in and he seemed eager to get back and kind of prove himself there's a lot of talk about them you know going after quarterback next year and I feel like he's he's like you said bought in and and he wants this to be his team again. So I think that you can expect positive out of this offense. You know, kind of rest of season. Um, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about a, a. Okay, I put him know. on the show sheet, so yeah, we have to. But <laughs> we have to. I mean, look, he was the guy. He was for me. He was the Christian Watson of of the quarterbacks. You know, like he he had last year. He was. He overperformed, I guess you could say, above expectation. And then people overdrafted him going into the season. I mean, not super over. It's not like he was going in the top whatever. But he was still, you know, people were drafting him like he was going to be a QB1 um, easily this season. Injuries, you know, the Giants, just a complete disaster. Debacle. Now they've got Danny DeVito uh, at quarterback. What are your thoughts? Is there any hope for for the Giants? I know Barkley had a, you know, he's he's looking decent, but what are your thoughts with the Giants? Daniel Jones, is he maybe a buy low like in Superflex Dynasty, or are you just kind of off the Giants totally? Well, you know, Daniel Jones is like the anti-Rodgers. Uh, you know, <laughs> Rodgers has made every quarterback in New York look terrible uh, just because Rodgers isn't there, whereas Daniel Jones, every time he's off the field, makes anybody who's replacing him look a whole lot better. Um, so, tough times for Daniel Jones. I don't know if he had some sort of Faustian pact with the devil last year or what uh, to get that one magical season, but uh, the magic is definitely worn off this year, and it's killing the Giants. I mean, you know, I don't think you can start anybody really outside of Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, uh, Tommy DeVito has actually been 
kind of startable uh, in Superflex, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully that continues. If Darren Waller is able to get back, uh, you know, this hamstring thing has become chronic and that's a real problem. But, you know, if he's, if he's on your roster, I think I'd probably just hold him because you're not going to be able to sell him for anything. Uh, and then just, you know, hope that he can come back and give you a little bit of help during the playoffs at tight end, which is always a tough position. Yeah, it's tough this time of year. You you want guy, people, like players you want to you can be depend on, and the Giants are definitely not that. And Tommy DeVito is, doesn't you know I don't as much as he's looked decent compared to Daniel Jones, and he's given you double digit points uh, the last two weeks. It's it's been you know it's been tough. I'd have to look at their schedule the rest of the season to see if Barkley is a guy that maybe you go out and get. But I, I I'm probably not touching anything on the Giants uh, for a bit until anything changes. Um, going to Chicago, Fields comes back off injury. Their defense actually looks a lot better um, in Chicago. What are your thoughts on Chicago moving forward? Is Fields uh, kind of a hot potato in the sense that if you own him in Dynasty, maybe you are looking to move him? Or do you, do you think that Chicago is you know, going to build around him and continue with him as their, their quarterback? Yeah, I kind of like Fields. He's, he, he's uh, what I call a fantasy carnival quarterback. In uh, that there's a lot of points going around for both teams. So, uh, you know, there there are reasons why the Bears might want to move on from him because, you know, his awareness in the pocket is just not great. Um, but, man, when he when he throws a ball, he's really pretty accurate with it. And he and DJ Moore have developed a real sizzling connection. Uh, you know, so if you're, if you're starting fields in fantasy, I think it's great because, you know, he's, he's making enough taking enough sacks and making enough dumb moves that it puts the pressure on him all at all times, uh, you know, to, to keep looking for ways to score. Uh, you know, they don't go into a conservative mode very often. And, you know, so that that's a nice thing to have in your corner. Uh, how do you feel about Fields? How are, you, how are you looking at him moving forward? I'm not sure if the Bears will keep him or not, uh, you know, given that they have two high draft picks. They could end up trading him away for even more draft capital and just totally reset. And, you know, I think that might actually be the smart position, even if Justin Fields is kind of good, you know, because they should still be able to get a pretty good haul for him. But I think wherever he goes, I'm probably going to be interested in it. What do you think? I I agree. I mean, he's given you two top three weeks this this year, uh, week four against Denver, week five against Washington. So he has that top three upside, which is huge, especially if you're playing super flex. And even if he doesn't, you know, stay in Chicago or it, like you said, it might even be better for him uh, and for Chicago, I think, to get that reset, especially if they do have the, a good option for them in the draft and they're able to move fields for, you know, more capital or any way they can improve the team. But I think in Superflex, you want to field is definitely a guy you want. Maybe you just wait for his value to dip a bit, whether that's a bad game or, you know, whether whatever the situation is. And he, he can be like that running back that you get on the cheap and then gets that opportunity again. Next thing you know, you've got a top five, top six, um, you know, any week type of quarterback. Yep. Yep, definitely. Kirk Cousins, Dan in Minnesota, a guy we both, um, you know, were heavy on this, one of my most owned quarterbacks going into the season. Unfortunately, he gets injured. Now we've got Josh Dobbs coming in, QB 15 on the season. Looks good, Dan. Like, you know, I know um, Snowman and I have <laughs> FPC teams that's still pretty competitive, and we lost AR and Cousins. We picked up, I think I dropped Howell for Dobbs, like, last second, just because we had TJ Hawk. 
uh, JJ on IR going for the stack there. But Dobbs is pretty decent, man. Like a smart guy that can come in any offense and grab it quickly. And he has pieces in Minnesota. You know, he's got he's got Hawk. He's got Addison. JJ maybe comes back, whether it's this week or post post bye week. And you can maybe comment on that. But what are your thoughts on Minnesota with Dobbs there now, rest of the season? And then what do you think happens going in, into 2024? Yeah, so Dobbs and Cousins are a little bit, you know, yin and yang, you know, because you've got you've got Cousins who really does a great job of feeding all of his supporting cast members, you know, and it's a it's a fairly tight target tree. You know, you're looking at uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne, you know, those are, and then whoever's a running back. Those are the main members of the, you know, that are getting pretty much all the targets. Um, and Cousins is a distributor. You know, he, he's, he's like your, your point guard. He's getting all the assists or touchdown passes, you know, and getting those, those plays out to him. Whereas, uh, you know, Dobbs is more of the playmaker who's, you know, the, the supporting cast is more supporting him. Like his, his value is going to be high, but I think, you know, he's going to be a little bit worse for most of the other skill players. Um, you know, I think, I think that, you know, we're going to see some big games, you know, like we've seen a big TJ Hawkinson game, you know, we might see a big Justin Jefferson game, but we're not going to see the consistency we saw with Cousins. Um, you know, so if you're talking about starting the, the Minnesota quarterback Dobbs, um, I think that's, that's likely to be a pretty good start, maybe as good as Cousins the rest of the way, maybe even a little bit better. But as far as starting like uh, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, Jordan Addison, all of them, uh, they're probably not going to do as good as they did with uh, Cousins. Your thoughts on that, J.D.? Question for you. Who do you like better the rest of the season, Dobbs or Jordan Love? Uh, I'll take Dobbs just because he's on the better offense. Jordan Love has looked way too lost at times. What about Goff and Dobbs? <sighs> Dobbs just because he's more consistent. Yeah. Nick is asking, um, will Cousins be ready for the start of the season? I mean, I think he should be, uh, you know, playing quarterback with the advances they've made and, uh, you know, Achilles repair and rehab. I, I, I think he should be, but, you know, I'm no doctor. I'm, I'm not even sure if I've stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. So. <laughs> Speaking of doctors, Gardner Minshew out there in, in Indy um, slinging the ball with Erich injured. What do you, how do you feel about Pittman? How do you feel about JT, like rest of the season? And how do you feel the Colts just overall? Like, what do you think next year just AR comes in, takes over, everything's on the up and up? Or do we have a, like an injury concern here with uh, the rookie? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, Anthony Richardson's got to learn to run. Um, sorry. Uh, Anthony Richardson's got to, yeah, right. <laughs> He, he's got to learn to run and get down. Uh, you know, that's that's going to be a, a problem for him until he, uh, you know, learns how to avoid NFL hits. Uh, he can't be throwing his body around like uh, RG3 or he's going to have a career like RG3, uh, unfortunately. And I think Minshew is kind of like a poor man's Cousins and uh, Richardson is right now like a, you know, a poor man's Dobbs in, in, a, in a way. Um, and that I... With Minshew in there, I feel pretty good about Pittman and uh, you know Taylor and all of them because you know he's he's a distributor. 
Um, you know, Minshew's not going to be running crazy with his legs. He's going to look to get the, the ball to his skill players, and that's how the offense is going to run. So uh, Richardson is going to take it on a little bit more himself. Yeah, the nice thing with Minshew, that's exactly it. We talked about the Jets earlier and how, like, you know, the, pl- the players, instead of being elevated, they get like, you know, they're, they're going down the elevator uh, when, when the quarterback comes in. Whereas Minshew, the, he kind of keeps the guys, you know, where they are, at least uh, if not improving them. So like Pittman, I think is receiver 15 or something right now, which is, I mean, that's pretty much what you would expect um, out of Pittman, even if, if Richardson was there. So nice thing about Minshew is he keeps the, the other pieces in that offense afloat, but you know, you're excited next year when uh, Richardson comes back. I am anyways as a Colts fan. Um, Watson in uh, Cleveland. So I know you and I, I think we sold Watson right when he, like, I'm thinking this is like a couple of years ago, Superflex, you and I, I, and I think we made a move for Cousins or something like that. But I'm just thinking like Watson, is, is he done in fantasy, you think? And is this... Uh, is the new kid kind of taking over moving forward? Because, I mean, this kid, I mean, he's not, you know, John Elway out there, but came back, gritty win last last week, uh, divisional win, and um, looks like the type of quarterback that fits in this this philosophy, in this team's philosophy, you know, moving forward. I mean, Watson, I think you've got, if you're Cleveland, you've got to give him a chance to be healthy and play. You're paying him too much money, it's all guaranteed. Uh, you know, that contract is a, is, is a giant albatross and there are jobs hanging on the line as to whether, uh, you know, if, if Watson doesn't make it, people are losing jobs. The owner is going to lose a ton of face. Uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be a bad, bad, bad situation. So Watson is absolutely going to be the starter next year. Um, you know, we, we were joking around in uh, one of our private chats about, you know, the, this bone that he's that he broke in his shoulder sounds like a fake injury you know it's like what you would tell your teacher why you can't do your homework or something yeah. like that you know i, I sorry I, I broke my glenius bone in my shoulder or whatever it was <laughs> uh you know it's, so he, he's coming back uh you know and I, I i don't think cleveland really has any faith faith in uh in the kid either um dtr what it, whatever the the initials are i can't even remember they, they, they put Joe That's why I let you say it. That's why I let you say it, Dan, because I forgot. <laughs> they are, Two uh, old guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah that Cleveland kid, whatever his name is. Um, but it, Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I believe. That's is, it. That's yes, it. there we go. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I think they, they brought Flacco on for a reason. Because if they're going to be a serious playoff contender, a serious playoff team, they need to have somebody at the quarterback who is – at minimum, a game manager. And with a game manager and that defense, I think you can do some damage in the playoffs. Probably not going to make the Super Bowl, but you can at least do some damage in the playoffs. And I think Cleveland would take that at this point. Yeah, I think you're right, especially with that defense. Um, It's crushing right now, allowing the lowest points in the NFL. Looking at maybe not so great um, situations, the Patriots... Dan, I know, you know, coach-wise, moving forward, all that, but is, I mean, is Mac Jones another one who's who's done now? Is what, Do we see him back as a Patriot? Is he just, you know, a, a backup from now on? And is, is Zappi anything out there in New England, or, or do we just see this team blow up? I don't think Zappi's anything. Um, I think the Patriots, if they're smart, are going to go out and draft a, a quarterback. 
They tried with uh, Mac Jones for a couple of years. I don't think he's necessarily as bad as he's looked in New England. A lot of times he's had a very uh, rudimentary offense to run, and he's had very little help from the skill players. You know, so they're playing hide the quarterback there as well. Uh, you know, but this is a team where you expect that they're going to go out and find better quarterback play. Mac Jones probably is going to get either he's going to be a backup, uh, you know, kind of the you know bringing the new guy under his wing, or they might just look to move him uh, if they can find the right kind of deal because there there are teams out there who might say, hey, Mac Mac Jones is better than what we have. Um, so, not not sure what's going to happen to him, but I think the Patriots will have better quarterback play next year. The Seahawks Thursday night Thanksgiving at home to San Fran. Geno Smith right now limited at practice. Dan uh, initially said he'd be held out of practice until Wednesday. Ended up having a limited practice on a short week against San Fran. Do you? How confident are you? I guess if Geno does play, if he's not 100. percent and then how do you think it affects, like, Lockett, DK, uh, the passing game, and then now you have Charbonnet coming in uh, to, to take over that backfield? Yeah, so I think that's, uh, you know, kind of an interesting deal. Um, I think that this injury, it sounds like it's it's really more of a, a bruise rather than any sort of, you know, like, structural damage in the elbow. The elbow um, yeah. You know, so I think as long as he can't make it worse – and if they feel like he's, you know, he can throw the football adequately, I don't see why they wouldn't at least give him a try. I mean, I'd, I'd be terrified to start him in a game, uh, you know, unless I just didn't have any other choices. Uh, because, you know, we could see Drew Locke, you know, first series, second series, third quarter, fourth quarter, never. I don't know, you know. Um, it's just hard to say how well... Um, Gino would be able to perform under the, the conditions. But, you know, I, I do think in a divisional game against San Francisco, this is a game Seattle would really like to have, and they'll probably put Gino out there, especially with the 10, 10 days of rest afterwards. Uh, they'll probably at least try him out and give him a try if, if they think he's able to go. found this interesting. Seattle, sixth in passing play percentage, just under 61%, but 31st in average time of possession, Dan. Um, in the league, do you think that gets better or stays the same with Charbonnet? Um, I don't know that Charbonnet really moves the needle in either yeah. direction yeah. for me. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's definitely less explosive than Kenneth Walker, but fantasy-wise, uh, he'll probably make up for some of that with, with pass catching. But, you know, DJ Dallas is going to be more involved. Uh, you know, they're not going to just give everything to Charbonnet, so... Um, he, he's somebody I'd start if I'm in a pinch at running back, but I'm not like excited, juiced up to start my my uh, Charbonnet shares. Do you think Geno Smith is the quarterback in Seattle next year? He's right now QB tw- uh, 22 fantasy points per game, ninth in the NFL in interceptable passes, Dan, and he's 33-plus years old. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. I think Seattle owes it to themselves to you know go out there and look and see what's available. You know, if I, like, uh, you know, I don't know why they would not make a play for, like, Kirk Cousins, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, You know, do something like that. Uh, You know, because Geno's contract, as I recall, is one that they can cut pretty easily after this year. So, 
you know, it's it's not going to be a major commitment for Seattle. And, you know, he's better than a lot of what's out there, but, you know, still Seattle should be looking to do better than, than Gino. Will Levis, um, polarizing, you know, rookie coming in, I guess you could say, into the, the NFL, had a pretty spectacular, excuse me, first game um, with his four touchdowns. Came back to earth, then I guess you could say, since then. What are your thoughts on Will Levis? Is is he the future in Tennessee? Is he something in Superflex? Or is he just kind of like going to fizzle out as a backup and maybe he's a depth piece in, in your you know deep Superflex rosters? I think, I think the Titans definitely feel done with uh, with Ryan Tam- Tannehill. Um, I don't think that Malik Willis is really the answer. Will Levis, maybe. But maybe they bring someone else to compete with them, you think? Bring in, yeah, they've got yeah. to bring in competition, you know. Yeah. Uh, here, here's a crazy idea. Uh, you know, somebody named, like, say, Josh Dobbs, uh, you know, who played with them before. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, he's actually looked uh, pretty pretty darn decent. So, yeah, I, I think they've got to have somebody in there at minimum to push Levis and to, uh, to try to keep that offensive fluid. I mean, a guy like Dobbs is actually pretty perfect for the type of offense they want to run, you know, where they, they, aren't, they aren't looking to, you know, they, they've got the defense and then they want to just, you know, use that quarterback as a little bit more of a game manager who can, you know, do some special things with his feet from time to time. Uh, I think that's what probably fits him best. Okay, last question. We'll answer some um, questions in the chat here. Pittsburgh, Matt Canada, gone. Uh, even even after stepping down on the field, Dan, and improving the offense, even had two, two uh, running backs, I think over 100 yards in a game um, recently. But just couldn't, uh, I guess, get away from the stink that was around his name as the OC in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tomlin probably taking over at this point. What are your thoughts? How do you think this affects Pittsburgh just moving forward? Usually, like, when there's a coaching change, there's a either a rejuvenated kind of feel, or is this, do you think, more uncertainty on, on your end as, as a fantasy player when you're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you think you kind of approach it as in, you know, it might stay similar to what we've seen, or is it just like we have no idea until they start playing again? I just don't think that Kenny Pickett is a good enough quarterback to unlock this offense. So, so yeah, yeah. we're getting a, a little bit of reverb now all of a sudden. So. Oh, you guys, you guys hear everything okay? I'm not getting anything on my end. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm getting it on my end. Are you? Sure what, sure what. You want to leave and come back? or? Yeah, let me try that. Quick in and out. Yeah. All right, boys. We're just, um, boys and girls, we are just uh, going to get Dan back on the screen. Apologies. He was getting a bit of feedback there. So, we've had bit of an issue with StreamYard um, recently. So hopefully he'll be back soon. We were going to answer some questions. Oh, there he is. Let me just add him back here. Boom. Is that better, Dan? Uh, still no, getting it? Still getting the echo. Are you really? Yeah. All right. We're not hearing it. Guys, let us know if you're hearing. Oh, there is an echo. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should leave and come back. What do you think? Try that. Yeah. We're almost done here. Um, I'll leave and come back. If it doesn't work, we'll just... Uh, Hustle through it. We only have a about five. Yeah, we got a few minutes left. Okay, hold on. Yeah. yeah. What's the chat saying? Oh, okay. All right. Let me leave and come back. All right. So anyway, uh, while JD is gone, I, I I don't think that Kenny Pickett is the answer at quarterback. 
I think that we're probably going to need to see um, a different quarterback come into Pittsburgh. And yeah, we don't have an echo now. So this is there we this, go. This is working. Okay, good deal. See, we started talking about Mac Canada, Canada, and just you know, <laughs> and, and everything goes to shit. So, yeah. uh, apologies, guys. I know you guys have been awesome hanging with us. Yeah, also, and also Harry Snowman came into the chat, and uh, no, that's Harry probably what Snowman. happened. Cause an avalanche. See, there you go. Yes. <laughs> so Harry Snowman. Anyway, yeah. Um, and, and, and speaking of Harry Snowman, make sure you guys are checking out JD and Harry on uh, Thursdays with uh, their their um, Thursday tailgate. Yep, Thursday tailgate. So. Great, yeah, great we break show. down we break down the, the Thursday night uh, game this week. Obviously, there's uh, a few games, so we're gonna try to get one done earlier on Thursday morning. We're still coordinating that. Hopefully, we can get that out for you. But we've uh, Dan, we've hit some pretty nice ones uh, in the last few weeks. Um, the, the snowman and myself. So yeah, check it out, guys. We uh, break it down for the Thursday. Let's get to a question. Um, Sorry, we had a trade. Here it is. Trade question from Josh. So he's asking Dynasty 0.5 PPR, two QB, two running back, three receiver, two tight end. Wow, two flex. Rebuild Prescott, Lamb, Burrow, Chase. The win now manager. Four Burrow and Chase. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Oh, I see. Sorry, I don't. I don't know the lingo with that emoji there. So Prescott, Lamb. Oh, so it's just Prescott, Prescott. Lamb. Oh, he's trading Prescott Lamb for Burrow Chase. What do you think about that, Dan, for, for Dino? Yeah, um, I, I don't like trading for a quarterback with a an elbow injury like that, you know, or a tendon injury where, you know, he, he just simply could not throw the ball. I mean, you know, I know that this the same thing happened with uh, Brock Purdy. You know, maybe everything will be fine. But honestly, Prescott and Lamb has not been far behind Burrow and Chase. Um, I I would need something added to the the Burrow Chase side to actually do that for the win now team basically to to yeah. give them those win now pieces. I agree with yeah. that. Just just because he the win now team needs them more than you need you know to switch it switch it over basically because you're basically doing a swap right. And mm-hmm. yeah, you're getting the youth in Burrow, but then you have the risk injury. You know now you've got Dak who's hot. So I, I feel like it kind of maybe balances out. But if I'm Dan, I agree with Dan. If you're Selling to a contender who needs the contending pieces, leverage that and squeeze something else uh, out of it. Don't do a straight swap. Yep, definitely. Hopefully that helped you out. Um, We had a question from Eric. He's asking, I have someone willing to trade me Jay Jefferson for either Tank Dell or Nico Collins. Plus, he's asking for Jalen Warren. If Jefferson comes back around the playoffs, is this worth gamble? Your thoughts? I'm guessing redraft? It's got to be redraft, I think, the way it's phrased. And I don't think I'd made that make that trade because I'm just not confident about how JJ. well Dobbs is going to be able to support JJ. What do you think, JD? Yeah, I mean, you're you're already getting the like Tank Dell the last three weeks, Dan. I was looking at his targets earlier with Balky, and it was like ridiculous. He was, right. um, oh, here it is. So his targets the last three weeks are 11, 14, and 10. I mean, 35 targets, Dan, in the last three weeks. 29, he was the wide receiver one, the wide receiver 12, and then he put up another 28.9, with put it, which put him probably in the top three or four. So, I mean, you're already getting that production out of him. Um, and then you also have Warren, who's ascending right now. So I feel like, especially if you're competing, I... Mm, 
I might, if this is not Dynasty and it's redraft, I think I'd stick to Tank Dell and, and Jalen Warren, um, yeah. personally. If, if it's redraft, slam dunk on JJ. If it's if it's Dynasty, you mean? If it's Dynasty, yeah, sorry. Yeah. If it's yeah, Dynasty, okay. slam dunk, take JJ. Yeah, for sure. Anytime yep. you can buy a player like that at a, you know, the opportunity uh, arises, then you, you want to jump on that and take advantage. All right, Dan, uh, you've been awesome. Toughed it out. The the throat, I know, is getting scratchy. I could tell. Um, I could tell you're getting a little antsy. So uh, the chat's been awesome tonight. You guys have been awesome. The, the questions, appreciate Josh. Um, the questions, the comments. Nick, you're awesome tonight. Harry Snowman, always a blast. And um, big week, guys. We've got Thanksgiving games. Enjoy those. Don't forget there's a Friday, Black Friday game going on this year which is new which is awesome the you know the more football the better and then um we're, we're getting close to the playoff weeks so hopefully you guys are all contending obviously if you're watching this show you are um let's do this one last one for harry snowman would you guys take a andrews for ferguson and a 2024 first um i'm guessing well obviously it's dynasty for a win now because how is Andrew confirmed with regards to how how long he's out? And he's out Andrews is out for the season, basically. So you know, yeah. I, I if if you can get Andrews for Ferguson and a twenty four first, I would absolutely take that. Um, I don't know that I'd want to sell Andrews for that, but if that's what you got to do to you know try to get yourself um, a title, then you know maybe. But that's that's absolutely a, a great buy price for Andrews, in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, anytime you can buy a top two or three at a position because they're Jim injured. Jim Ferguson is not a special tight end. Dynasty, no. But but he he might take you this year right. to a championship with what you know the way Dallas is going and how much he's part of the offense. Right, but man, you you're, you're buying some serious talent. Um, you know, with when you buy Andrews, um, you're not really giving up any talent at all selling Ferguson. Yeah, no, I I agree with all of that. Um, Hopefully that helped you out, guys. Nick, Nick saying, go get some grandma's uh, cough syrup. Uh, you know that nasty tasting one, Dan. That that helps you out. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, you know big bottle of brandy and go to sleep or something. I don't know. There you go. You'll wake up Thursday morning just in time for football. Exactly. That's all that matters. All right, guys. This concludes. Pace yourself, guys, on Thursday. Pace yourselves. Yeah, pace yourselves. Don't don't, don't, don't get all don't, don't hammer that food too hard and end up in a turkey coma and wake up in the middle of the uh, uh, Seahawks and uh, Niners game and wonder what the hell happened to the Cowboys. So we, we don't want to see that. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed, guys. Enjoy your your turkey. Enjoy your family time. This has been a blast. Dan, always a blast. Remember to check us out every Tuesday right here. Player Profiler, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Smash the like button, guys. That helps us out for sure. And don't forget to go find us on the YouTube, the Goat District YouTube channel. And you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your football. Be safe. And we'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Bro 
broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish, fish, fish.